Welcome to Tsunami Takeaways, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your teenage years. Each month, we talk about the biggest challenges facing teenagers today and how we overcome them through the Word of God, based on our experience of leading hundreds of teenagers and young adults each week. For more info on Tsunami Takeaways, visit us on all major social media platforms at Tsunami Students. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Tsunami Takeaways. I'm Tyler, and in the room with me today, we have Dallas Keating. What's up? What's up? Man, how's life? It's good. Give me a praise report, bro. What's going on? Man, I'm wearing my jandals today, (laughs) and I went out in public because I work from home, and that's my uniform. We're glad to see you. Wearing pajamas. Pajama boy. That's it. That's not a nickname you want. Pajama, Pajama boy. boy. Also in the room, we do have the Nick, bro. Nick, what's going on, bro? What's up, guys? I'm glad to be here. Uh, just just chilling. I'm also in my sweatpants and pajamas right now, wearing a hoodie, having fun. All right. Now that you know what everybody's wearing. Tyler, <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> You're not wearing some black jeans and a button down. You know, somebody's got to look like Someone's an adult today. <laughs> awesome, man. Dude, let's jump in. So we're talking... We're going to do our takeaways from our, our our series we just wrapped up. All right, it's our dating relationship series. Usually it only lasts for just the month of February, uh, but we went all the way into into March this year. Uh, and we entitled it The Elephant in the Room. What would you guys think? Give me some give me some feedback. What you got? I thought it was a great name, personally. I always enjoy, you know, kind of sneaky, uh, catchy titles like that. It's like, ooh, what is this about? And then it was literally – an elephant in the room so it was just it was all small around that's it two giant inflatable elephants in the room and guys you don't even know i had to like deflate them uh i had to deflate one yesterday and one this morning and it was sad because those suckers took like two hours to inflate with an air compressor like they hold so much they've been with us for the last yeah, month and a half and yeah i mean the blue down. one you know the boy elephant he he got cornelius yeah, cornelius, poor, poor cornelius he, he cornelius, had a man he had a piece he had a bad leg so he he had to exit early but our the pink one uh she had like three or four names dude she did <laughs> we she she's just deflated over there just a big big pink blob but i want to i want to whip bertha back out in the summer and uh, it's a sprinkler. Y- use the sprinkler dude, feature you, that's baptism what i'm saying Sunday. that's what we needed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on bro <laughs> <laughs> all the right sprinkler. so we, we entitled the the series our dating series the elephant in the room and i know you've heard that term before it, it simply it means a major problem or a controversial issue that's obviously present, but it's avoided as a subject for discussion because maybe it's it's uncomfortable to actually bring up. So what it is, is we took our dating life and there are things that everybody goes through, everybody experiences in their dating life. And even though we're all going through them, nobody ever really brings them to the surface to talk about or actually to get some wisdom and insight on. And so we try to take some really good topics that need to be talked about and we just talked about them. Absolutely. I'm all, I've always been curious because when I was a student in, in Tsunami, we never really talked about dating and I never really considered why, but I'm, I wonder why, like, do you have any idea why that is? Like why it's something that's just not talked about or yeah. what's... I mean, well, the, even we talked, you know, we finished the series last, like literally last night. We're actually going to do two parts of Tsunami Takeaways. We're actually going to record another episode because there's so much stuff to go through. We couldn't fit it all into one. But last night we talked about dating is still a relatively new thing. It's roughly at 100 years old here in America. Uh, it's not mentioned in the Bible. 
nobody dated in the Bible, you know, and so there's not a whole lot you can you can really pick out of the Bible. What you do is you got to use wisdom, and you just got to use good biblical principles and apply that to our dating life. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm you know 32, and I can't even remember a dating. We didn't have series back when I was in youth. No. You know, we didn't have series at all. It was just like one hit wonders. You never knew what you're going to come into. True. Uh, and so I love that we do series because, it, man, it pulls you all together for an entire month. You know what to expect. And if you're ever going through a situation and you know a friend's going through a situation, whatever, and you're talking about that for a whole month, it's so easy to invite somebody to come to church. Uh, but, man, yeah, we didn't talk about it a lot either. And that's probably why a lot of us have a lot of regrets when yeah. it comes to how we dated Definitely. in our teenage years. In our job as, you know, as you know, youth ministers and, and staff members is to help people not make the same mistakes that we made. You know, a, a win for us would be, hey, whenever you're my age, you're far better than I am right now because you you avoided all those regrets. You know, you avoided those mistakes. And, and for real, a regret comes down to making a better decision. Better decisions, you know, they, they're going to lead you to making fewer regrets. And the more information you have about a decision, well, dude, you're way more prone to make a, a wise decision. So Absolutely. A poor decision. Something that I really loved about this series, too, is that, like, it's just hitting you on the nose, like, no matter – it's just honest and just real. You know, I yeah. personally, for me, I don't like it when people just kind of dance around the, the, you know, the hot topic. And I really like just being kind of hit on the nose sometimes and just having somebody shoot me straight. And I feel like that's what we really did Absolutely. this series. So one thing, uh, you know, we want to preface before we really dive into the content is that, you know, this series is is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you had just started dating, if you've never been on a date, if you don't even know what a boy and a girl is. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned, <laughs> a seasoned dater or you're fixing to get married. The stuff that we talk about has been, uh, you know, relevant to your to your personal lives. And we believe that it's it's transformative and and lives can be changed to what we're talking about. Absolutely. I agree with that, except for the first elephant. It is just for teenage dating. That's it. So let, let's jump in the first elephant. All right. The first elephant that we discussed is is probably the most daunting, I would think, of all of them because it, it really is. It's like kind of like Dallas says, it's on the nose, but it's it is truth and it's hard to accept at times. But our first elephant we talked about is, is three very powerful words. It won't last. And, and man, I I can I was never taught that as a as a teenager, but I can easily put myself on the chair of a, of a teenager who's in a dating relationship right now and hearing your youth pastor tell you, Hey, I know you love her. And you, she just, you know, she, you think she hung the moon or he, he hung the moon and he's your Hercules and all that. But man, it's, perfect. it's not going to last. And how, how does that, how, how do you think that would make you feel if you were, you know, 15 to 16 years old, think back to your relationship then. And you were told that. I feel like it kind of hurts to hear that honestly. Cause you just, you start to question like if it's not going to last then like what's is the true point and what's the true motive behind that and so you know you have to ask yourself like is it okay for us to you know be quote unquote dating and like just have fun you know if there's there's no long term goal there so it almost i guess um for me if i would have been put in this situation i think it would have like hearing hearing it's presented this way would have made me want to suppress like ever being in a relationship until I was, you know, financially ready for a relationship or I was like had a degree or, you know, or I could support somebody, something that was like logistically possible. Yeah. And, and that is definitely an easy road to take. To me, I take it as, wow, this takes a lot of pressure off of the relationship though. You know, the whole marrying your, your high school sweetheart that is, it's almost a, a thing of the past now, as right. far as statistics are shown. We can pull up the numbers for them. We, we have them in front of us. Uh, 
it, I've never even heard the term middle school sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I get, I don't, I'm sure there's somebody surely, but, but the, the premise of this one point, the reason we even started the series with it and we talk about it every single week is that we see so many people invest way too much right. into a, a teenage relationship and they invest time and energy and, and they invest so much things into this relationship when at the very beginning it wasn't going to last. And so what they do is they end up, crossing a boundary they never intended to, to cross. They end up doing something they never wanted to do, all in the name of trying to keep this relationship together, when in reality, if you would have went into it saying, you know what, hey, we're friends right now. We're going to end and still be friends. We're not going to do anything that's going to to cause us to compromise our purity or our character so that if any, it, whenever things start to go downhill, we just we end it. And then we, we move on, and that's fine because we went into this knowing it's not going to last. Why do you think people take relationships so seriously? Because we're being taught about relationships from movies and from, you know, TV shows. And when do you ever see a, a TV show where the, the breakup is celebrated? True. You know, where they're like, oh, hey, things are getting kind of, we, we should call it quits. No, in a movie, you have two hours of, okay, you're not together. And now you fall in love and you live happily ever after. Okay, that's impossible in two hours. You know, and it's movie, it's Hollywood. They're not paying to educate you. They're, pay, they're You're paying to be entertained by them. And so they got to give a good story. I feel like that's so ironic because like that's a, a season of life where hardly anything gets taken seriously. Like we just have a bunch of clowns that True. really don't take anything seriously. But when it comes to dating relationships, it's like the weight of the world is on that. Yeah. I mean, I've got a question. Uh, whenever I was a, a student, um, I never really dated. I didn't get. I get, didn't get started dating until like my junior, senior year of high school, um, and I did it very poorly. Even up until a couple years into, into college, I didn't start living a, a Christian lifestyle. I went to church, but I didn't start living a Christian lifestyle until very recently. And one of the questions that I could I could see some of our students having is if if this isn't going to last, like we proclaim, what's the point yeah, of why even? Do yeah. Or yeah. well. And what I guess I'm trying to get at is why why stay pure if I'm just gonna if, if it's like for like a better word it's like a like a one night type thing if I'm not trying to stay pure if I'm not if this isn't gonna last and has no long term repercussions for our relationship two three years down the road if it's someone I just met in the club or whatever what's the point in in it not having a mentality that's not gonna last so don't do it anyway yeah well I mean dude you're we could pass the microphone around to everybody at our church and I guarantee the some of the greatest regrets that we still carry around are from past dating relationships where people say, well, what is the point? Well, there is a huge point because you, you're going to carry that around with you for the rest of your life, the, the choices that you make. And you're making a lot of choices right now, and you're making choices after being taught very poorly how to do it. So right. you're not making the wisest of choices. So let me ask a question. If it's not going to last, let's ask the question, well, why do we date then? Why do we date as teenagers? Well, dating is very beneficial. Man. It tell, it shows you who you are. It's going to show you who you like, who, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, how you date will determine how you marry, and that's the second most important decision that you'll ever make in your entire life, right behind who you choose to worship. Who you marry is number two. Who you choose as your friends is number three. Uh, and so, but it's all about discovery. But you got to do it in a very wise fashion and way. And there's right. got to be there's got to be rules. There's got to be boundaries and regulations. Otherwise, dude, you can cause a lot of chaos in your life from a very young age. Yeah, I really hope this, my story could help somebody. But when I think about what you just said, um, growing up in my, you know, middle school, high school years, I was the same way as Nick. I didn't really, quote unquote, get into my first relationship I was until I was a junior in high school. And even then it wasn't 
super serious or anything like that. And I think my problem stemmed from the same exact problem, except it swing the other way. I took dating way too seriously, but rather than going all in on a relationship, I just completely suppressed that whole side. And so I didn't have the benefit growing up in middle school and high school of, you know, learning more about myself, learning more about what I liked and all the good things that comes from dating. But it's ironic that it's really the same problem, like putting too much weight on dating itself, but just swinging it the opposite way. And listen, we are not trying to get you to not go on a date or have a boyfriend or girlfriend. We know it's going to happen. And so we want you to do it the right way. We want you to be equipped and prepared and that you're going into this with an understanding that, hey, I don't have to make huge mistakes and and live with a lot of regret i can do this and have fun and even though i go through a breakup and yes it's gonna listen you're gonna date somebody it's going to end it's going to hurt and you're gonna move on you're gonna probably do that again that cycle a few times because when you go into any dating relationship there's only two ways that it ends either you get married or you break up and that's it that's the only two options that you have and so dude the numbers are saying you're gonna date quite a few people before you actually find the one and you settle down with. And we've talked about this all throughout the series that it's very easy to get a date. It's easy to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? If you lower your standards low enough, you can date somebody right now. The hard part is actually the dating part, staying together and doing the right things. And and the reason we're we're trying to explain this, that it's not going to last, so don't invest too much, is that our enemy, man, the devil, he has such a huge target on the dating scene in this, this youth culture. Right, we're being taught how to date the wrong way with the wrong motives, and what that's doing is it's ruining the reputation and the character and the purity of a generation from a very young age. And the reason so is because dating has such an easy access point to sin, right? right. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride, and all this. And so, sin is always going to make you take one step further than you ever want to go. And so if you go into a relationship trying to make this last, this relationship, this this first love, this fantasy love that you've you know, conjured up in your head that, that, hey, bro, this seventh grader is the love of my life. We're going to spend the rest of our world together. You know, it's amazing. And so therefore, you'll do whatever he wants you to do because you're, you're fighting so hard to make this last. Right. Sin is going to push you further than you wanted to go. So Always make will. sure you understand, hey, this is not going to last. And let me make a good boundary or a guardrail that's going to stop me. Because it's not meant to be. It's not going to last. So let me not lose anything in the process. I've got a question on that. What would you say is a good boundary for our our, our teenagers that are listening? Yeah. That's, it's going to be different for everybody, obviously. You know, uh, If you want to hold hands, I think holding hands is great. You know, Kiss on the cheek. I think you should never be alone. That's just me. If you're a teenager, if you're a teenager dating, I don't think you should ever be like alone in a room. That's a, it's just it's setting yourself up for being tempted tempted beyond what you could ever can imagine and it's so easy to say oh no 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 i I have control and that's what sin wants you to think sin wants you to think that you're in control but you you know when when emotions and, and hormones are raging it's so hard to stop okay uh you know i think group dating is great you know talk to your parents see what your parents have to say about it be very respectful just be wise and if you're saying Oh, you know, well, my mom says I can't date till it till I'm like, you know, 17 or 18. And, and, but I really like this person, and he's not willing to wait on me till till we're that age to where we can actually go out to eat and together by ourselves. Well, hey, like he's showing you something right there. Yeah, he's already going to try to get you to, to to cross a line or a standard that a parent in your life has set up, and so it's not going to last anyways. So why even try to pursue that? True. You know, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It may not be for everybody, but a lot of times uh, it's going to be your parents that are actually going to set your boundaries. 
So I think just honoring those is the best thing that you can do. Yeah. And if you have to hide your relationship from your parents, that should be a huge red flag huge red right flag. there. If you can't tell your parents where you're at when you're on a date or when you're with this person, or if you're too ashamed to show your text messages to them or let them look through your phone, you're obviously hiding something, right? You're trying to cover something up. And just like in the Garden of Eden, whenever Adam and Eve, they first sinned, what was the first thing they did? They tried to hide. Right. They tried to cover up what they, what they were doing. And, and so, dude, that should be just a, a huge red flag. I know right. red flags are real like in right now in our culture, like, hey, red flag. That Appreciate. should be, a, that's a huge red flag, huge you know, which can kind of lead us into our second yeah. uh, elephant in the room, which was uh, discipleship is far greater than your personal dating relationship. Your discipleship, your walk with God should always be in the forefront of your dating relationship. What do y'all have to say about that? So I do have a, I've got a question. I know, you know if you're, if you're not accustomed to Christian lingo, you say, discipleship or walk with God, what does that mean to a person who might have no idea or never heard that phrase before? What is, what is a walk with God? Yeah. Okay. So disciple, a disciple is a a follower or a student, a learner. It's somebody that's on a, a journey to learn from somebody. So God is the teacher. We are his disciples. He's investing in us and we're, we're following him and we're learning his ways and his, 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 his. So it's, it's a daily walk with him because we're daily searching in his word and we're searching through prayer and, and, and sacrifice or consecration. And, and what that is doing is the more you search him, the more you find him, the more you find him, the more you're going to change. Right. And, and so your pursuit of your relationship with God needs to be a daily thing. And that's going to change absolutely every aspect of your life. And, and the danger and the reason we even brought this elephant up in our series is because we see so many young people. We see this where as soon as they get into a dating relationship, their walk with God begins to suffer yeah, a lot crumble. and very quickly. You know, they they go from the church lingo, being on fire for God, where they're always at the front worshiping and they're praying and they want to be used. And then it's like all their attention only goes to this person now instead of going to God first and then and then outward from there they their walk with God really does begin to suffer it really in my opinion I mean it happens with everybody but it's so so much more pronounced when somebody from the church begins a relationship with somebody that's not a believer or not a part of a local church you know whatever church that they go to it doesn't matter if they're not a part of a church then it's going to ultimately pull the person in church in the wrong direction. Absolutely. A relationship is either going to push you closer to God or it's going to pull you away. That's it. And if you have different interests or different, you know, we can call them morals in life, that's what, you know, the Bible talks about, do not be unequally yoked with a right. non-believer. Like, there's, that's not just a rule that, that God gave us so that the dating, you know, the we got all the fish in the sea so that the pond is cut in half now and you can only date these type of people. It's for your own, it is, really is for your own protection and for your own good. It's either your relationship, if you're with a like-minded person, they're gonna, you're gonna push each other to be, you know, closer to God and used by God and safe and pure. But if somebody doesn't even believe those morals or, or have those characteristics in their own life, they don't care about what they're doing or really right. what you're doing. They're not gonna look out for you and so they're actually gonna pull you away. There, there have been so many, students and even in my own personal life that have so much potential and art and not just potential like they oh they could be doing it but they're actually making strives and and taking steps in the right direction toward yeah. being exactly who God wants them sure. and you know in their walk with God in their personal lives you know with their grades at school in, in sports everything and a relationship pops up and suddenly they're a completely different person yeah and even in my, my own dating experience 
I was, when I first started actually living a Christian lifestyle, I was, in my mind, I was doing some some great things and doing some, making some good steps toward being more like Christ. But as time went on, there would be girls and women who would enter my life who were distractions. And ultimately I had to pray like God remove the desire for me to get into a relationship because this is stunning my growth with you and I, and I didn't want that anymore. That's it. And that's, bro, that is not easily done to say that because it is, I mean, why does, why does, you know, why does Satan attack teenage dating so much is because teenagers think I need to be in a relationship. Yeah. If I'm single, I'm missing out and you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a loser. I'm undesirable. I'm unattractive because I'm not in a relationship. And so they will do whatever it takes to be in a relationship because they don't want to be that single person. But you, you, we have to, we this is what we're trying to teach all these young people is that your season of singleness is so beneficial Yes. for your walk with God. You know, it's, it's, it's so beneficial for you and learn to work your weight, become the one that you want to be before you go looking for the one that you want to have on your arm, essentially, you know, And, and, and one of the greatest things that you can admit is that, you know what, maybe I'm not ready to date right now. Maybe I'm just not ready. Right. Maybe I'm not mature enough. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough right now to where if I do get in a relationship, it is going to pull me away from God. And so maybe I do need to stay in the single season for a while and trust God. At the right time, he's going to send you the right person. And, and, and be honest, that time is probably not right now when you're in seventh grade at middle school and you're failing math. You know, it's probably not the best time. But here, here's something I've also seen. We didn't even talk about this in a series. Is whenever somebody goes... y'all kind of mentioned this, you went a long time before you had your first relationship and then you finally do get your relationship. You, you, dude, you've watched other people date for years and you've been like, oh, I'm missing out. I have FOMO, you know, Uh, I I feel like I'm behind everybody. So you go full sin into this relationship. You drop your friends, you drop your hobbies. Like you talk about your academics start to to, to suffer, your sports, all this, because you invest so much. You're like trying to make up for lost time. Yeah. And dude, that is, oh man, it's so, it's so dangerous, but it's so easy to fall into that, that trap because dude, your emotions are real. You do enjoy talking to this person all day. You do want her her text to be the first text you read in the morning, and then you send her your good night text at night, and you're like, "Are you asleep yet?" And you're like, "No." And like, "No, yeah, me things. neither." You know, it's it's, it's crazy. In it's, today's it's in today's dating climate, like things progress so much faster uh, than they used to because oh, you have man. access to talk to somebody twenty four seven. Dude, yeah. we, oh, and so I, after yeah. you go to bed, it's like, "Oh, we're gonna Facetime for three hours." Like, I mean. We didn't even have that when I was no, dating. No, and bro. I mean, in my parents' day, like you had to like Landline. you had to pay That's to it. like do yeah. a long distance call. Like so, we're you know we're not going to talk for more than thirty minutes. Dude, when I was a teenager, like text text messaging wasn't really big just yet. It, it, you had to like pay per text, like per text you had to pay. So like, dude, dude, you'd have to be a millionaire nowadays, you know. But then if you it, it cost you to pay to, to to call somebody on a cell phone too, unless it was after like seven p.m. So like you had to get your, you know, you had to get your phone calls in between like seven o'clock and like nine o'clock bedtime. You know, it was it's a whole different ball game now. Now you can send videos and FaceTime, and you got virtual reality. You can be in the same room with them now. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's so like, different. It's like, uh, you know, what I see with Snapchat is like, there's not any actual meaningful conversation going on there. It's just like that constant, like we have to have that constant connection, yeah. like just yeah. to, like, just so I know you're there and you know, I'm there. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's like creating the most codependent generation, super codependent in the world. It's like, if we don't have anything to talk about, we're failing. Right. Yeah. If we can't talk and communicate 
from the sun up to sundown, oh, this isn't working out. We got to put more into this. And that is so easy to lead to you taking a step you really don't want to take. Yeah. You're fighting a fight for a failing relationship that mm. should have failed and should have been ended months ago. But you're trying to keep this. You're, you're beating a dead horse, essentially. Oh, and you know? it's so hard. I mean, like, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I've, like, fallen into that in almost almost every single relationship. That's like, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was moving way faster. Yeah. Not even in ways that were necessarily bad. It was like moving so fast, like in terms of codependency and in terms of like constant talking and, you know, yep. that it just ultimately burned out. Let me say this. If you date somebody and you break up, you are not a failure. Yeah. It doesn't mean you failed. Right. It means you're human. <laughs> like, well, mm. it means you're, you're, that's normal. You become a failure if you try to keep this broken relationship going for too long and you invest too much. And listen, the more you put into it, the more it's going to hurt. It's going to end and it's going to hurt. But the more you put into the relationship, the way more it's going to hurt, especially if you realize I wasted so many nights and so much energy and I just so, so much. It makes it so much worse. So let, let, let's re, like just close out the second elephant before we go to our third and final one. All right. Your, your walk with God, your discipleship is far greater than your, your dating relationship advice. So if your dating relationship is drawing you away from God in any way, mm. if he's drawing you away from your church attendance, your church participation, your life group participation, whatever it may be, in anything, you probably need to end it. Personal you need devotion. to ask what, what's, what's, what's the most important thing and keep the main thing the main thing. Absolutely. You see, I mean, if you're not careful, your, your FaceTime goes up, your phone call, text messages go up, and, and your Bible app goes down. And you, you might not always use the Bible app, but, you know, your personal devotion goes yeah. down. I Normally I'd spend from 7 to 8 p.m., you know, reading the Bible, but now it's like 7 to 7.15, and then i got to hop on a FaceTime call for three hours at, at 7.30. And and your your devotion with God, your relationship with God, it, it dwindles. It does. It's, it's just like, I guess the best way to put it is that it's not necessarily a bad thing always, but it's just one more thing to take your attention like in a society where we have a million different things that are fighting for our attention like our whole economy is based off of attention yeah. and advertising you know and yeah. it's just one extra thing that is is sucking you away from what you should be doing which is a perfect segue into our third elephant which is toxic dating absolutely I, like for real I, I i never obviously thought to think even think like this as a teenager who taught me how to date who taught me how to do it? Like who taught me what I'm supposed to say, how I'm supposed to respond, where I'm supposed to bring somebody like who, like, like honestly thinking back right now, you know, growing up watching like TV shows, there was a TV show called boy meets world. And like, that was like when I was in middle school and it was the first time I got to watch like a TV show that was like people around my age and doing this kind of the same thing we were doing. Yeah. So you got Corey and Topanga, bro. Like to me, that was the Mecca of relationships, you know? <laughs> so whatever they did, I thought that's what we were supposed to do as well. Naturally. And it just obviously as, you know, a middle school kid, it never dawned on you, bro, this is fake. Yeah. They're not actually dating. Like they're doing whatever the script tells them to do. And the script is written to give entertainment, you know? And so that has birthed a very toxic dating life in our culture where we're, we don't date the right way. We date the wrong people. We date the wrong way. And therefore we have the wrong outcomes whenever it all comes together, you know? And, and so we talked about that. Who's in charge of, of culture, right? Who's leading the, who tells us why we do what we do or why we wear what we wear or why we think this is cool. And this is no longer cool. Who's driving culture. And we actually, you know, when you dig into the word of God, you might be very shocked about this. You know, we can look at first John five nineteen. It says, we know that we are from God. 
in the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. God's not the evil one. Who's the evil one? Well, that's Satan. And he has the power. He, he, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Right. And then very quickly, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so this verse says that the God of the world is Satan. And he's blinding people. Right. And he's teaching us how to date. And so why is he attacking dating so so much? Why is he leading us in such a toxic way? Well, he's trying to destroy us before we ever really get started. Right. You know? And we can see that all throughout the Bible, really, where you had these these instances in the Bible where if you were a baby boy born, like you were killed on the spot. What are you trying to do? You're trying to wipe out a generation before they can even get started. All right. We can talk about, we can even lead that into abortion today. Why abortion rates are so high. The enemy's trying to wipe out an entire generation before they yeah. ever get started. But if they're teenagers, well, now they're He's going to try to attack your dating life because he can, he can do a lot of damage to your future and your prosperity and your holiness by, you know, toxifying your dating life right we also see a lot in the new or the old testament rather of god putting a huge emphasis on on the family dynamic and and as brother tyler had preached in you know in, in the first sermon first message that uh you know divorce rates 50 percent in the in the first marriage sometimes you know your second marriage is up to 60 percent your third mar- third marriage is 70 percent. so we get these terrible lines and advice on how to date and it's from the enemy so that way whenever we go into our marriages it has such an easy, there's an easier way for it to crumble and it makes the enemy's work that much easier. And it's, it's, it, to me, that just absolutely blows my mind uh, that it's not just a teenage dating thing. Like this has lasting repercussions into our marriages well, and, and listen, into our families. Yeah. Cause how you date determines how you marry. Absolutely. You don't like a light switch doesn't just flip whenever you say I do. And you now all of your old past tendencies just disappear. You're bringing that into your essentially your your future family, you know, and so you definitely we got to be super mindful. But but here's some good news, and I feel like we've been super negative, <laughs> all of the all of the, the the wrong things. But here's the reason that we, we even talk about this is we can find that Second Corinthians five seventeen, is that there is hope, yeah. and there is there is redemption. That if you are, are are listening right now and you're like, man, I've I have made some horrible mistakes, and I do carry a lot of regrets, and it really does stem back to my dating life, and I feel like I bring that with me everywhere that I go. Every time I try to get into a new relationship or try to do something new, all these my past, you know, all, all the skeletons in the closet, they just rush into my mind. Listen, there is hope for you yep. in Jesus. Yep. For Second Corinthians five seventeen says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. They are a new person. The old is gone and the new is here and you have been redeemed. Your life has changed. You're no longer who you once were. God has transformed you and he's, he's restored your holiness and he has restored your purity. And you can take that and you can go forward. But with that, don't go right back into your old habits. Right. You know, and, and our main characters that we talked about, I say characters like they're not real people. The main people we talked about were Samson and Delilah. Samson had so much potential. He was set apart from a young age by God. He, was, he knew he was going to be a hero for his people, and he had some rules he had to follow, and he was horrible at following them. You know, And we have rules in our dating life that, that are for your protection and, and for your prosperity, and sometimes we're very horrible at following them, and that leads us to making some wrong decisions. So, Nick, can you talk a little bit? About Samson, about yeah. Delilah, what we got? So here? that story uh, is is really fascinating. It's it's in Judges, and like Brother Tower said, Samson's got some amazing attributes. He's super strong, super fast, and 
he gets caught up with the wrong type of uh, ladies in life. And, and he was kind of weak to that, but he was kind of playing around with her. Uh, the enemy, the Philistines, wanted to destroy Samson, kill him. And Delilah was like, hey, what's your weakness? And first time he told her, but it was a lie. Second time, same thing as a lie. If you do this, then I'll become weak. Third time, uh, if you do this, I'll become weak. And every time he gets further and further to telling her what the actual thing is. So we see that he's continuing to take a step further and further to abandoning right. his his personal standards and what God has given him. Then eventually, the fourth time, he actually does. Um, and Delilah busts out the L word. If you really love me, Ooh. then you, and hey, that's a big word, guys. I'm, I'm telling you all, guys, girls, you know, the L word, that's reser- reserved for adults and adults only. <laughs> stay, stay away from the L word. Anyway, so he eventually does tell Delilah, uh, what his his actual weakness, and then he, you know, the enemy comes in, uh, takes him out, blinds him. However, at the very end, he is redeemed. There is redemption. He, he says, God, abs- there's always redemption. You're never too far from grace and mercy. So at the very end, he's like, God, if you'll just do this one more thing, and and God gives him the strength to take to take out all his enemies, and and he does some amazing things. But there's a lot to learn from the so story. Much. So much so to learn much from the story. Cat, you know. I think, you know, he was he had supernatural strength. He was super strong physically, but he was super weak spiritually and especially when it came to the whole dating scene. But the reason was was because even from a young age, I think he thought he was strong enough to overcome sin, mm. that he could play around with it. He liked to play games, he liked to do riddles and tricks, and I think that got the best of him. And, and, and so like like you're saying, he kept taking a step further and further and Listen, essentially, one day you're going to run out of steps. Yeah. you got to run out of steps. Uh, and, but but here, here's our main takeaway from that is that dating without clear rules and boundaries is a great way to make the worst mistake and the biggest regret of your life. Absolutely. you got to have rules. you got to have boundaries. And a lot of times this is so common in, in you know the world of philosophy of church that, oh, y'all just have so many rules and they don't want you to have fun. That's, that's not the case at all. We want you to have fun. But we really want you to have freedom. Right. We want you to have grace to, 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 to participate in this, this field of dating and do it the right way and do it the safe way. So I, I think something that people would say is that, oh, like I don't have any rules. Like if, I, if you're in the world, you have no rules. I mean, I truly believe like everybody has a, a moral compass. Like everybody may have a different moral compass and everybody has rules. But the big thing here is aligning God's will to your own, sure. you know. Or vice versa, I should say, aligning your will to God's will and making your rules become God's rules, you know. So I think a misconception is that freedom means there are no rules. Like, are you really free if you have to follow rules? Like, like, no, that's not the case at all. Rules are for your safety and your freedom. You know, children of Israel were enslaved for 400 years and they get set free. They go, you know, they're through the wilderness, through the, the sea, and they're free people for the first time. And the very first thing God does is he gives them rules because they don't know how to be free. Right. You got to live within clear, defined boundaries to keep that freedom. Otherwise, you're going to jeopardize it. Right. You know? And I mean, you are free to make these decisions, but you'll you'll soon find that immediately afterwards, as soon as the dopamine wears off, there's a clarity that comes to you, and like you realize, like what you have done yeah. is is a mistake. For it. But that's not to say. I mean, like we just read a couple of verses ago that there is grace and mercy for that we're just letting you know like when yes there is freedom but that freedom does have repercussions in in it the dopamine wears off and you you realize what you've done and you you carry that for a while and sometimes it doesn't ever really go away not for a very long time every action and decision is going to lead 
for you to to face another action yeah. and another decision. So make sure you're doing the right ones. Uh, Samson and Delilah had a very toxic dating lifestyle. All right, and we'll talk about that at the end. We have some some comparisons between what a toxic dating life and what a healthy dating life should look like, and it it, it it's just so good. Right. So number one is that a toxic dating life, you use each other. Right. I'm going to use you to get what I want. Right. When in reality, a healthy relationship, you should be able to you should be striving to help one another. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you move forward? Yeah. Number two, uh, you lie to each other. Like you're, you're not honest. You're not telling each other the not truth. Good. Not You don't, I mean, that's, that's just a red flag. If you ever catch your, your significant other or your, whoever you're dating in a red handed lie, that's just a sign like, Hey, it's time to hang Ooh, up. Or you're lying. lying to the people around that's you. That's it. That's yes. it. Lying in any, in any, any atmosphere or any, any circumstance should be a huge red flag. It was such a big deal. God made it a 10 commandment, you yeah. know, at the very top, like, don't lie because you're, you're hiding yourself. You're hiding your identity. You're compromising your character anytime you lie. That's really good. Uh, which leads to number three is that a toxic dating life, you're going to compromise for each other. Right. You're going to do what you don't really want to do in the name of love or in the name of keeping the relationship together. And I promise you, you're always going to take one step more than you want to do if you don't have that boundary uh, severely clear from the very get-go. And so the way that a healthy relationship would be established is, hey, listen, we're going to stand firm in our identity of, of who we are in Christ. And we're going to have boundaries and we're not going to, we're not going to compromise at all. Absolutely. Not going to compromise at all. Number four, pulls each other away from God. If you're dating someone and like we kind of touched on earlier, but if they're taken away from your, your personal devotion, time that you spent, you would normally be spending in prayer or in the word or at church practicing, you know, if you're a musician or a singer, whatever it might be, if it's taking away anything, from what you've already committed to God, that's red flag. That person should be uh, pushing you to be more like Christ and sure. less like him, striving, hey, you've got skills and talents and abilities that God has given you. These are natural born skills. You can really make an impact in the kingdom of God. That is that is healthy. Dude, imagine how powerful it would be if you're texting, like, say you're a young lady and you're texting a boy all day long. And then he says, hey, listen, why don't you take 20 minutes and, and just turn your phone off and read the Word of God? Mm. Take 20 minutes off from our relationship and focus on God for yeah. 20 minutes. Has that ever happened? Like, come on. Never like, happened. Imagine, but how mature that would be. Yeah. How beneficial that would yeah. be. Now, listen, I, this is, I didn't do that. So this is definitely a do as I say, not as I did kind yeah. of thing. But man, that is so, that's something you want to take into your relationship and into your further relationship. Just to be specific, and, and this is, I mean, this may just be my opinion, but, uh, personal devotion should just be personal oh, devotion i don't yeah. you shouldn't really be doing couples devotions or uh, like letting your relationship uh you know your relationship with god be contingent on your relationship yeah. with one another uh, in couples devotions that's great but it can't be the first you know the first your first devotion you need to have your personal time first and then if you want to read a book together and talk it out and, and you know live it out i think that's that's great uh but definitely like i love that personal devotion it's got to be just you and god for that yeah, that's, but that's just if you're if you're dependent on a person to help push you to that experience with God, like hey, whenever that relationship breaks up, because we've already established that it it's is going to end, it's going to end. Now, where you, where do you stand with God? Dude, like, we it's see a really slippery we slope. see it in our home church right now. Yes. Oh, it's it's wicked, man. It's 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 sad. Last one, right? Uh, a toxic dating relationship. They date in isolation. Yeah. They they isolate themselves from everybody else. When uh, a a really healthy relationship, you date in community. You let people know where you're at and what you're doing. If you got to hide anything, listen, that's a huge red flag, right? And we're not telling you you need to go out and share all your deepest 
you know, thoughts and conversation, everybody. But if you can't tell your parents where you're at or what you're doing, if you isolate yourself from your friends and they don't even know, and especially this, like it's so common to see where your friends are pointing out so many red flags about your, your, your person of interest and dude, love is blind. Oh, it is so blind. You're like, no, you just don't know them like I know them. You know, once you get to know them, you'll see. You're like, no, dude, come on, bro. If all ten of us who are your best friends are telling you, hey, this is this is pretty toxic, you need to see it. You'll get that in community, but not in isolation. It's like an onion. You got to tear through seven or eight layers of stank to to get to like I guess the good part. Like you just you, it's it, still stank. It's still stank. <laughs> Onions aren't but good till you deep fry them. Come on, bro. I would also add that if you're if your friends are silent in some situations and are not telling you, you know, the, the you know, if this is a good situation or a bad one, you got to examine if, that, if that's a real friendship or not. Yeah. Um, do it in a loving way. Yeah, absolutely. But love. You don't want to, con- you, you don't want to condemn people, right. but you also like, if I, I mean, Dallas, my best friend, but if I see him doing something stupid, I'm going to tell him like, come yeah. on, dude. Like, cause he's my brother. I love it's him. He's, love. He's, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, we're commissioned to do that in Christ. Absolutely. One believer to another. I would also say that, you know, some of the principles that we talked about, you know, go beyond just your dating relationships. Like it goes with your friends. Like, you know, if you've got a friend or, or a, a cousin or a family member that's pulling you away from God, like, hey, look, maybe that's not a, a fruitful relationship. Maybe you should, you should find another uh, friend that's, you know, going to propel you to God. But So wise. But hard to admit. Yeah. It's easy to say, hard to do. Absolutely. Yeah. But so worth it in the end. The principles are simple, but this it's is, not it, easy to do. Oh, this is something I was taught in this win with this. You gotta you gotta take the lesser loss. When you lose a friend or you lose a relationship, man, it, it you it is a loss and it does hurt. But it does not even compare to if you kept it going too long True. and then you experience an even bigger loss down the road. You know, take the lesser loss, take the smaller defeat today and live to, to, to fight another day. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think these types of issues like along with other ones that they have to deal with pride, and I think that's ultimately the hardest, hardest, hardest things to get over is to get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so do just that. Get over yourself, young people. <laughs> I love that. The center of pride is I, and it's always focused mm. on you. That is something else. That is. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Like we said, we're going to have another episode super soon to go over some more elephants in the room as it pertains to dating and relationships. Anything else you want to add before we leave? Share this with a friend. This is good stuff, guys. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Love you guys. Absolutely. Y'all take care. Peace.